What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Action Academy podcast, the show that teaches you how to replace corporate with cash flow and that helps you unlock your inner entrepreneur. For my new peeps and new listeners, my name is Brian Lubin, your humble host and guide. In March of 2022, I left a six-figure corporate job to travel full-time around the world while building my new business from zero to $10 billion a year. This podcast is a documentation of my journey along the way, the wins, the losses, and the lessons. Which brings us to the podcast topic today, which is a major lesson that I have been struggling, struggling, struggling to learn, which is how the heck to hire. So before today, my hiring process is essentially consisted of, do you have a good vibe? Like, hey, I like their vibe or I don't like their vibe. Therefore, they are hired or they aren't hired. And this has taken us up to a million a year, which is ridiculous, but honest for me to admit. So because of this knowledge gap, I've gone through six executive assistants and four marketing hires. And the only OG that has stood the test of time is Miss Caitlin Mackay, of course, the OG member that is running the ship. But her excellence is an exception. And I don't want it to be an exception. I want it to be the standard. So I have been uncovering every single rock, turning over every single stone, trying to figure out how the heck to learn how to hire. How do people scale, leverage, and do all this stuff? And I've been looking up the podcast, YouTube videos, books, everything. And finally, finally, I got a lead on a potential information source, which is the Keller Williams, uh, formerly known as Recruit Select, is now called Career Visioning class. It's an in-person class at their flagship office corporate headquarters in Austin, Texas. And I got recommended to do this class from about eight to 10 different Keller people. And they told me that it's a great class to take even if you aren't in Keller Williams. So I've never been a realtor. I'm never going to be a realtor. But a lot of my mentors and a lot of people that come on the show come from the world of Gary Keller. And he has built and scaled one of the largest organizations on earth. And I believe the largest real estate company on earth. So he knows what he's talking about and his culture and his people are diehard. So that is what I want to learn is not only how to build a culture of rock stars and excellence, but how to retain, train, and manage a team of rock stars and have a vision that's so large that their visions can fit within mine. So long story short, the day finally came where they were doing a two-day seminar in Austin, Texas. And last Thursday and Friday, I took the two days off to go to this seminar. It was full day. It was eight o'clock to six o'clock at night. And it was a wonderful time. I completely lied about being a realtor and I put a fake realtor number in so that I could get in the room. And ironically, the first person to call me out was the CEO of Keller Williams, Mark Willis. The brand new CEO was asking me uh, what office I was in after I asked him a good question. And <laughs> I got outed in front of everybody, but he thought it was funny. And thankfully, they let me stay. <laughs> so today's podcast is the top three takeaways that I had from joining and training in this class. Uh, like I said, they had Mark Willis in there, who's the new CEO. They had some other C-suite members and corporate trainers in there. And guys, it was the best class ever. I took four notebooks full of notes. Uh, it was absolutely wonderful. And now I am extraordinarily confident in my hiring process, in my 30, 60, 90 day plan for when people join, uh, not only when they join the team, but when they join Action Academy, we're adding an additional 30 days to our internal community onboarding to be even better than we were before. And now there is out of all the different things that we did, there's three key takeaways that I want to cover in this podcast episode. Obviously, there's not enough time to cover every takeaway, but these are the three that were most impactful for me. So I hope you guys enjoy. 
And if you are enjoying this show and this podcast, please go in Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, and leave a five-star rating, a short review if you feel so inclined, and share this podcast with one or two people that you think would find it interesting. And lastly, before we get into the meat and potatoes, I met one of my good buddies, Jay Papazon, finally in person. We've spoken, I think he's on this podcast three times, and we've spoken about 20 different times, one off, and he's down the street from me in Austin, and I got to meet him in person, and he is coming to speak for the Action Academy community. So he's going to come be a keynote for us on one of our weekly calls. So if you guys want to hear from the likes of Jay Papazon, who wrote The One Thing with Gary Keller, and he also wrote Millionaire Real Estate Agent alongside Gary Keller... Uh, If you want to hear from guys like this, girls like this, then you can go in the show description, click the link, book a call. Happy to talk with you and see if it's a great fit. Now on to today's podcast episode. Takeaway number one, I'm going to lead with one of the most impactful ones so I can drive value home for you guys. This one I was thinking about all weekend in multiple different contexts. And that is this. You have to be a nine to attract a nine. If you have an organization of eights, you will have sixes and sevens that they hire. If you have an organization of sevens, you will have fives and sixes that they hire. Eights don't attract eights. Sevens don't attract sevens. But nines can attract nines and everyone beneath. Woo! This is so important, guys, because when... Gary Keller started Keller Williams. They went into detail about how he screwed it up and how he came to this realization when he hired an outside consultant that sat him down and said, Gary, you essentially need to fire 30 out of your 35 positions that you have running regional offices in your company today. Because what Gary was thriving at was going and doing these offices himself. He would go start up a new office, start up a new office, travel around, put another person in the seat, and then go to the next office, which is, of course, how we believe that we're supposed to scale. And he thought that these people were nines, but he didn't properly hire them because he didn't know what he didn't know at the time. And so he didn't properly vet them. And these people were more like sevens. So if you hire a seven out of 10 professionally, they will hire fives and sixes because an eight and a nine will not come work for a seven. I'll repeat that. An eight-level employee or a nine-level employee will not come and work for a seven. And so, of course, I also took this into the dating context and not just in a physical context, but an overall, you know, marketplace context. So how are you with looks, fitness, personality, you know, financial, emotional, spiritual stability, the whole package deal, right? So if you want to date or marry a nine out of nine, you will not attract that person unless you, my friend, are a nine out of nine. So I think the problem is a lot of us are actually at sevens or we're actually eights, but we're wanting these nines and we haven't yet earned the stripes to attract the nine. And so my first question that I was talking directly with Mark Willis on, who's the CEO, he came and spoke, is I was like, how do you verify that you're a nine? Because all of us in this room think that we are nines. How do you verify that while removing your own ego and your own biases? And his answer was really interesting. He goes, look who gravitates to you. Look at them and that will give you your answer. Okay, now we're removing ego, right? So if you're looking around you 
and you don't like the people that are coming up to you, oh, right? What do you need to change? If you want to date someone that is insanely fit and you are not insanely fit, you will not attract the person that is insanely fit because you are not congruent. But if you are surrounded by people that are extremely fit, then you may just be extremely fit. You see what I'm saying? It's not about a personal ego thing. It's about looking at your environment and seeing what the market tells you. So that's the same thing with employees, with directors, with managers, and with hires. The market will tell you who and what you are. You just need to pay attention and look at the external resources. Because uh, I believe Alex Hormozzi had a quote that says, be so good that you're undeniable. Like outwork your self-doubt. Have such a large body of evidence that you are who you say you are that no one can dispute it or deny it. And that is what makes a nine. So a lot of you listening right now, write this down. You may be wondering, where do I find rock stars? Where do I find rock stars? And the reality is you aren't a rock star yet because if you were, you'd be attracting them and they'd be all around you. So you need to be working on you and trying to figure out what tweaks, what improvements, what changes can you make to become that nine out of 10 instead of, trying to find it in other people externally. So that's another thing that I was trying to think of. And for me, it was, I'm extraordinarily fit. And this is back in the dating market. I'm fit, but I'm not ripped, uh, six-pack abs fit. And I'm like, I miss that. So that was a takeaway that I had myself personally with dating. So I was like, I want somebody that really takes fitness seriously. So I want to get back to that level. So that's something that I'm changing. And then there was a couple things I'm changing in business as well. So if you want to attract nines, you have to be a nine. If you hire eights, you're going to have them hire sixes and sevens. If you hire a seven, you're going to get fives and sixes. Because the sevens and eights are never, ever, ever going to hire somebody that is as good as them or better because they're going to be intimidated that they're going to lose their position to that person. Whereas a nine is extremely comfortable in their own skill set and their own skin. Key lesson number two is how to give feedback to employees, team members, and partners. This is a really good one. And this one is much shorter than the one I just covered. Because there's essentially two different phases of the hiring process. There's attracting top talent, and then there's retaining top talent. So the attracting top talent um, is an emotional process. It's all about them. So you're pouring into them, you're asking them questions, there's a series of steps that you follow, but you are really diving into their life and clues of success, clues and track record of excellence, you're really diving into them. And then, so that's the attract part. The retain and engage part, phase two, is about the business and about the systems. So so phase one is about emotion, phase two is about logic and systems, because when you hire somebody and you go through it the right way, there's going to be an emotional attachment both ways between you and the person. And this applies with partnerships and everything, guys. But then when you get to the point where it's the 30, 60, 90 onboarding, then it's a systems and process driven conversation. And your emotions are completely removed from it. So one of the guys in the seminar said something really, really wonderful about when somebody is not living up to the expectations that they said they would, And in the first 30 days that you hire somebody, that's the best that they're ever going to be is in that first 30 days. So you will see immediately if their actions match up with the words, if the audio matches up with the video. And he had a wonderful line that he used that I wanted to share on this podcast, which is, I love you, but the standards don't. I love you, but the standards don't. 
And that is so powerful because a lot of us take way too long to fire the person that we know we should have fired a year ago. <laughs> There's very, very few times that, if ever, that I've heard, hey, I fired that person too soon. It's always, man, I should have fired that person forever ago. And this is solved and mitigated by being very emotional and locked in during the recruitment phase and then during the retention phase in the first 30, 60, 90, you're being extremely process-driven. You're saying, okay, here are the standards of excellence that we are setting forth. Here's our expectations. This is what winning looks like. This is what losing looks like. So that way it's written in black and white and they have that in front of them so that they can clearly see black and white are they living up to the standards of excellence that the company demands? Not you. It's not personal. It's the company. It's the business. So again, if you have employees, which a lot of you right now are listening to this, and you have partners, you have employees, you have people that you need to break up with here, you say, hey, I love you, but the systems and standards do not. And here's how we need to change this. I thought that was wonderful. And lastly, in closing, um, is relationships with failure. So a lot of us have perspective and one of the Action Academy members, Hayden, recently asked me, how do you get to the next level and stay humble, right? How do you avoid getting an ego after you have win after win after win and success after success after success and you're having this meteoric rise, how do you stay humble? And for me, it's actually extraordinarily easy. It's perspective. And the CEO of Keller Williams, Mark, had a wonderful quote and a wonderful story that demonstrates this. Because he was talking about uh, hiring and how he's had these $10 million mistakes for hiring. And he says, I hired this person to do the region and they completely, you know, trashed the region, hired the wrong people. They were drinking on the job, all this bad stuff. And he thought that he had a nine out of nine, but they were actually like a five out of 10. And so he had to fire the person and it cost the company like $10 million. And he goes, I made a $10 million hiring mistake. And it reminded me of something that David Osborne told me. And so I raised my hand and spoke up. And it was funny because Mark actually liked what I had to say. So if he starts using this, it's a Brian Lubin slash David Osborne exclusive. But David Osborne once told me, I have made mistakes larger than your net worth. And that is such an insane line when you think about it. It's like, <laughs> I told him, I say, Mark, this reminds me of this story, you know, that David told me where, you know, you made a $10 million mistake. That was like a Tuesday and you had to fire that person to move on. It's like, you have made mistakes bigger than the vast majority of people's net worth. Mistakes, singular. And it, it was insane to think about, um, but that's a great line and context. So whenever you think that your problems are big or that your success is big and you're getting a big head, or you're getting a big ego, just remember somebody out there has made a singular mistake that is larger than your entire net worth. Not even a win. Like Elon Musk has probably made a 10 to 20 to $100 million mistake. One singular mistake that is greater than anything that you could ever fathom. So that puts things into context, guys. <laughs> and that was a really cool quote and story that I think will help a lot of people. So hopefully this helped. Um, I took a lot out of this and I'm really, really excited. I'm going to write a newsletter on this uh, coming up this week. So if you guys are interested in receiving weekly newsletters from me, I need to do a way better job of talking about it because I send it every Thursday. You can go in the show description and click the link to sign up and I will get it to you in your inbox. So guys, hope you enjoyed. Have a great rest of the day and I'll talk to you tomorrow.